right, all right. Praise God. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Praise the Lord. Uh, this is Pastor Left and Sharon Hayes this morning uh, down here in the good old rainy state of Florida right now, Tallahassee, Florida. But uh, we bring you greetings this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank God for all of you this morning. Thinking it not Robbie to get on the prayer call this morning. We give God praise this morning for this awesome ministry, creating a prayer culture for God that he can use for his pleasure, however he sees fit. We just feel honored and blessed to be a part of what God is doing. Amen. And we take it very serious. So, again, thank you all for joining us this morning and thinking it not Robbie to get up early in the morning at 6 a.m. and join us. And so we send out greetings and blessings this morning to all of our partners out there uh, on podcast and Podbean and Cash App and uh, all those anchor people that are out there listening this morning, playing uh, our messages this morning and reinforcing their, their faith and their walk before God. So we really do appreciate that, all our subscribers, our new subscribers, those future subscribers that are going to be joining us. So we just thank the Lord for what he's doing. We thank him for keeping all of us safe, bringing us together yesterday to celebrate, uh, you know, our independence. And so we say our, our constitutional our declaration of independence was signed on that day when America, that was her birthday. We don't take that for granted. We thank God for that. But we know that our birth runs a lot further back than that. We were in the bosom of God in creation. And now we are here, amen, living and breathing and moving. And we thank God for that, that, uh, you know, uh, Jesus wants us to know the truth about him and about life and everything that pertains to it. And that's what makes us free. Amen. And if the sun sets us free, we're free indeed. We appreciate all other levels of freedom. We don't take it for granted. We thank the Lord for all of our constitutional rights. We thank the Lord, amen, for every level of freedom that was fought for and won. And we know it and kind of have the blessing from the Lord, amen. And so we thank the Lord even the more this morning that we're able to, to sit here and open up his word, which is the perfect law of liberty, and just dine in it, we read it, share it, talk about it, pray about it, minister about it, teach about it, just to uh, continue to reinforce the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, because his word is what frees us according to the book of John chapter 8, verse 32. Amen. So we give God praise this morning. So let's get ready to get into this here this morning. Open with our signature prayer this morning. Again, welcome all of you. Abba Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debt, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So, Holy Ghost, we just ask you to come now and have your way. Uh, this morning, teach this lesson. Uh, we put ourselves uh, under this morning, that you might be able to speak through your vessel this morning. Give ears to hear what you got to say this morning. We thank you for it now. Lord, just bless your word this morning. We thank you for it now in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, all right then. We're going to go this morning into the uh, 
this morning, uh, you know, we're living in a time right now where there's a lot of things going on. Some of them uh, have so much uncertainty associated with them. Some of them catch us by surprise. Some of them amaze us. There's so many different phenomenal things that are happening, good things are happening. But there's just as many things that are uh, happening that are not so good. And we still want to be able to live a victorious life in the midst of all these things. And I was just, uh, you know, meditating on what thought would I share with you all today. And I just heard the Lord begin to deal with me about as I was processing some things that I just learned about, you know, the last 48 hours going on in our country and around the world, especially with the coronavirus still being what it, what, what's going on with that, still with all these um, political issues that are going on right now with our government, uh, election coming up in a hundred or so days. We still got people out there, man, protesting like Lives Matter, uh, police brutality, cruelty, still got uh, lying going on coming from our White House all our politicians, uh, you got finger pointing still going on, they're still bringing up old issues with Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, people who are gone, they're still bringing, they're even going back further than that, uh, Diego Hoover, and there's people just grabbing for straws, and um, when you listen to some of the language, it's just, it frustrates you, it bores you, uh, that's why we have to have something to counter that, and I thank God for his word, because his word is so reassuring, and, uh, you know, and I was just thinking about that. And the Lord dropped the word in my spirit. And, it, and the word he left in my spirit when I was trying to process all that. And actually praying about it, kind of, you know, in my little thought prayer, talking to the Lord. And he said, let them alone. That's what he told me. He said, let them alone. So that's the thought I want to share with you this morning. Just let them alone. God is in control. God is going to take care of it. And so we're going to move on, man. We're just going to let them alone, place them in the hand of God, let God deal with them. You know, he's in control. He's in charge. So I want to pass that word on to you all this morning. We're going to minister from that thought this morning. Uh, he told me that this is what happens. The Holy Spirit revealed to me that this is what happens when you have the tradition of men clashing against the commandments of God. These are the kinds of things that you would see. And it can be confusing, it can be disturbing, you know, it could be uncertain, it could be surprising to you, because, you know, when you sit down and process and think, these are the people that people actually voted in office to be our leaders of our nation to govern our affairs. I see why uh, Paul told Timothy to pray for all those who have ruled over us, all those leaders, kings, and, 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 and men everywhere, you know, that we might live a quiet and a peaceful and tranquil life. I see why now. And so, word to you this morning, I'll say word to the wise, just let them alone. God is in control. God is in control. November's going to come around. You're going to get to cast your vote. I would say to vote your conscience, you know. You know, we had a wonderful uh, panel yesterday that dealt with some of these issues. If I was king for a day, uh, what would I do politically to show some leadership, bring some leadership into this country to solve some problems? I'm not going to sit here and reteach that, relitigate that. You can go and it's out there on the podcast. You can go look at that. Uh, we also dealt with if I was king or queen or in charge for a day, what would be three uh, spiritual strategies that I would employ to try to solve some of this chaos that we're dealing with right now? So I'm not going to, you know, bore you with going back over all of that. You have access to that. It's out on the podcast. It's out on the cash app. It's out there. You can go view that for yourself and pull whatever lessons you can from that. 
But I just heard the Lord this morning, and again, I want to emphasize, he said, let them alone. All those people that are causing uh, all of these unrest, all these problems, he said, let them alone. You know, I don't care how far back it dates, let them alone. Uh, when God is giving us commandments like that, you know, that means he wants our attention fixed on him and not on anything else. Nothing put before him. Seeking his kingdom and way of doing things first that he might add all these other things to us. And when God adds something to you, it's a part of the victorious life that he wants you to live. So let them alone. I don't care who it is. And he did say them. You know, so let them alone. That's what I'm going to do. Just pray about it. Spend my time focusing on what it is that does say the Lord, what it is he wants us to do this morning. So I want to take you over to the book of Matthew. Amen. Uh, chapter 15, like I said. And, uh, the one verse that I want to focus on this morning, I have several verses, but out of this particular chapter, the book of Matthew, chapter 15, verse 14 of the King James Bible, I want to focus on uh, verse 14 because, um, you know, when God gives me a thought, the first thing I do is I go look in my Bible and I see if there's a word in there that I can, that's documented, that can affirm and confirm what I hear in the Spirit. And, uh, I didn't find the word in in my concordance, but then I looked in my phone and I Googled, let them alone, and uh, this particular scripture popped up. And so then I went to the book of Matthew, the 15th chapter, and I read the whole chapter. And so let me just give you this verse this morning, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go for it. And I love it when God speaks to you, and then you can confirm it by what's documented. That's so important, you all. I hear people say a lot of times, Oh, God said this to me, and God said that to me, and they never, ever support that with a scripture. And uh, anything I tell you that God said to me, I owe you to come back and show you where it's documented. Amen. Because if not, it's just my opinion. It's just another spirit speaking to me. And the spirit of tradition does speak to people. Uh, this is what we're talking about right now. The, the spirit of tradition versus the commandments of God. That is so important. This is why we have to let people alone because sometimes people want to present you with their tradition. They conjure up stuff, you know. They might twist the truth. They might add a little something to it. They might water it down. That's why the Bible says it makes it of no effect, the glory of God. But then when you're able to look in the law, perfect law of liberty, and see what God just said to you in the spirit and it's documented, you can take that to the bank because that's good stuff that's not going to come back forward. And then you can put God in remembrance of what he said. So let me read this in your hearing this morning. We're going to talk a little bit about a few things, and then we're going to pray. And this verse of scripture, it says, it reads just like this. It says, let them alone. Wow, wow. That's how it opened. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Man, that right there, like, they knocked me off the chair. It just don't get any plainer, any clearer than that. The instructions from God. He said, let them alone. He gives you the, 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 the command right up front. You know, let them alone. You know. He said, they be blind leaders of the blind. Anybody who follows them, they are blind. And that's what he's saying. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. That's what reading twice. And so we see very clearly in that that description. We get a vision or a glimpse of what the Lord is, is, is instructing us right there. And it's very powerful if we will ingest it, digest it, 
take it in, ponder it, just think about it for a few minutes. You know, you can clearly see the distinction between the tradition of men, people that lead by the tradition of men, that makes the glorious gospel of no effect, versus the commandments of God who has a life-changing effect on us. You know, and so you can clearly see that distinction right there. So let's go over here to the Bible now just for a second. And uh, I want to read in this chapter, uh, let's read verse 6. Let's go down to verse 6 here. And it says, And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandments of God of none effect by your tradition. Amen. And verse 5 he says, But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, it is a gift by whatever thou mightest be profited by me. And so what God is saying here is this, is that, you know, I have given you commandments for every relationship that you find yourself in. And if you violate the very basic relationship of just jumping, loving your mother, loving your father, all these commandments that have promises to them, it is no way you're going to be able to handle the mightier or the weightier matters that God is calling us to, these commandments, you know. And he said that, you know, if, if, if not, you know, then you're making the glorious gospel of no effect. In other words, if you can't be faithful over just a few little instructions, a few little commandments from God, you know, then there's no way God is going to uh, offer you uh, any other more strenuous, more in-depth, you know, more demanding task to be accomplished for the kingdom of God. And so he gives some very simple instructions. Let's look at verse 1 in that chapter. It says, Then came Jesus to Jesus, scribes and Pharisees, which were in Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? He spelled it out right there now. He's setting them up. But uh, he said, but they wash not their hands when they eat bread. Look at that tradition. Now you're talking to Jesus Christ, who gives commands, and they up in his face, talking about washing their hands. I, I thank God that we're washing our hands right now because of this coronavirus. Amen. But what about the contamination in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind, in your life? You know, that's got to be addressed, too. And, you know, and Jesus is here, man, on a whole different level. And here they come, uh, pointing fingers. Isn't that amazing? Pointing fingers at people, but not washing their hands. Now, if not washing your hands, it's not going to send you to hell. Right now, if you don't wash them, it might send you to the hospital. It might send you to the, to the, to the mercy room and to quarantine. But there is a higher uh, meaning to what Jesus is saying here. So let's go a little further and investigate this. He says, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of elders? Question asked them. But they wash not their hands when they degrade. Verse 3 says, But he answered and said unto them, Why do you also transgress the commandments of God by your tradition? <clears throat> so you see the contrast. Jesus is on a whole nother different level than where man is at right now. And it's the same thing today. 
you know, we see the clashes right now. We see people being more concerned about what man is doing than what God has already commanded to be done. He said, you keep my commandments, you're going to be blessed. He didn't do away with them. He fulfilled them. They're important today. Started out by saying, have no other God before me. Make no idols and no graven images under me. Love thy father and thy mother that the days of thy life might be long on this earth. So he's serious because we learn in Ecclesiastes that the whole duty of a man is to fear God and keep his commandments. Only what you do for the Lord is going to count. So we can clearly see here that the, the, you see the blind trying to lead the blind. And we see the blind trying to get Jesus to change his mind. Isn't that amazing? What audacity. What audacity. But that's how people are today. They're going to try to get Jesus to change his mind about what he said and fit him into their little scenario, their little situation. Instead of trying to figure out what lesson do I need to learn to bring myself up into what he has got. You know, Jesus man got all the answers, you know. And so I should be trying to figure out, you know, how to enter into a relationship with him, how to please him, how to attract his blessings, you know, into my life, my family's life, you know. And so he goes on to say here, man, you know, verse 4, For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and thy mother, and he that curses father or mother, let him die the death. So he's saying, if you can't get by that, if you can't get out of kindergarten, if you're going to continue to major in the minors, then you're going to come and try to have a conversation and correct me and instruct me. Now, this Jesus talking to them. He was telling them, you're not ready to conversate with me. You're not ready to talk to me until you can accept some basic instructions. And we deal with a lot of people today, man. We, we talk about immature Christians. You know, they, they, they think they're somebody that they're not. And they got a lot of people fooled. And if you follow them and listen to them, then you're saying not how blind they are, but how blind you are. I know I'm talking to somebody right now. A lot of us are being uh, led by blind leaders. I just did the word said And all it does is show that both of you are blind, and if both of you are blind, and blind leading the blind, we're stuck to fall in the ditch. Because if they lead us in the ditch, we're going in there behind them. And so that's what the, that's the danger that the Lord is saying to us. And I hate to say it, some of the videos that Pastor Eric and I watched yesterday while we were here together, some of these uh, so-called leaders, I can see why the Lord says, let them alone. Because they, 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 the stuff they teaching and preaching, you know, will lead you into the ditch, and both of you gonna fall in the ditch and die. That's 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 as simple as, as I can make it. You still have to say tradition of men clashing against the commandments of God. And so let's go a little further here. Look at verse five. He says, "But ye say, whosoever shall say to his father, his mother, it is a gift." By whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. Verse 6 again, we read it earlier. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made 
the commandments of God of none effect by your tradition. Now here's the key right here. Here's the answer right here. Here's the diagnosis right here. Look at verse 7. What else do you expect? Listen to this. He said, ye hypocrites. Ye hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, let's see what the prophet says, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Oh, there is the diagnosis. There is the problem. You got it in your mouth, but you don't have it in your heart. A lot of swelling words. That's the people read a verse of scripture yesterday talked about tinkling bread and sounding similar, talking loud, making a lot of noise. Out there, and I heard a lot of noise on some of them videos yesterday. They were talking loud, but they weren't saying nothing. And so there it is right there. 18 says it again. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips. Got all the words, but their heart is far from me. Look at that immaturity right there. Call him a hypocrite. <clears throat> Verse 9, he says this. This is all in red in my Bible, the King James Bible. So this Jesus talking to the disciples. He says, but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines, for doctrines, they teach the commandments of men. They call that doctrine of God. It's not the inspired word. Not breathed on by God. He said the scriptures is God breathed. Breathed out by God on those apostles, prophets, teachers. And he said, you know, it's good for doctrine. Good for reproof. Good for correction. Good for instruction in righteousness. That the men and women of God may be thoroughly furnished and prepared unto every good work. Not hypocrisy. And he says, he goes on here in verse 10, he says, What is it that defiles a man? What is it that makes a man corrupt? What is it that contaminates him? You know, it's not the stuff that you put in your mouth, but it's the stuff that comes out of your heart through your mouth. Mm -hmm. Man, look at that. Look at that mm -hmm. explanation. Look at that diagnosis. And the Lord said, let them alone. You know, you're better off to leave them alone. Why? Because the blind cannot leave the blind. Not into anything divine that comes from God. They lead you away from it. So be careful. I hear a lot of people sometimes, and I see a lot of folks on, on, um, on my page, Sharing with me stuff that they don't got from somebody else's page, and I look through that stuff and I read that stuff, and I don't see no scripture. And I'll be saying, What in the world are they sharing this for? What in the world are they putting their signature on this for? What in the world are they giving a thumbs up on that for? Y'all need to be careful out there. You know, because let's talk about what defiles the person. It says in verse 10, And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. This is good instruction here. If you're going to be able to let them alone and all of that uh, commandment of, that comes from men, let it alone. He tells you why here. You know, in verse 10, he says, you know, hear and understand. This is some instruction coming from Jesus telling his disciples, hear what I'm saying, understand what I'm saying. When you get wisdom from God, don't just get the wisdom. Get the understanding of how to apply the wisdom. That's so important. Don't leave the understanding and take off with the wisdom. 
because you are incorrectly applied to your life and your circumstances and situation. So let's look at verse 11. He says, Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Why? It's because it comes out of the abundance of the heart. You know, it comes out of the abundance of the heart. You can sit and fill your mouth up with somebody else's tradition, somebody else's teaching, somebody else's preaching, somebody else's doctrine, based on the tradition of men. And when that comes out of your mouth, it doesn't defile you. But what is in your heart? If you ever put that stuff in your heart, that's why the Lord said, have that word in my heart that I will not sin against you. When you put the word in God's heart, but you got to let the word come in. You got to eat the word. You got to find the word. You got to digest the word, ingest the word. You got to let the word be hidden in your heart that you don't sin against God. So that when you get pressured or a situation or circumstance comes up, you open your mouth. I guarantee you, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak the word. We are what we eat. And we found God's word. Jeremiah said in the book of Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16, he said, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And they have become a joy and rejoicing to my heart and to my soul. See, Jeremiah was no longer afraid of what he was going to say because he knew the word of God was in his heart. He had found it. He had ate it. It tasted good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusted in him. And so he goes on here to talk about this. And he, you got to see that Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he's trying to help them to be able to distinguish between the tradition of men that makes the glorious gospel of no effect and the commandments of God. And he's saying the same thing to us today. Just be wise and be careful. He goes on here to say, and he tells you right there in verse 12, Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou? that the Pharisees were offended by what you said, Lord, after they heard these things, they're supposed to be offended. You know, that's what, that's, that's what the Word of God says. It, it, it'll be a stumbling block to some, and it'll be a stepping stone to others. You know, you know. So it's supposed to offend some. That's what Jesus said. You know, if you're blind, you're trying to lead the blind, when you hear the truth, it will offend those who are blind. Even those who are being led by the blind. Why you have 4,200 different denominations out there right now? People trying to figure life out when God has already figured it out. He's already given you the master plan. You know. Yeah, right here in the Word. So it goes on in verse 13. He says, But he answered and said, Every plan which my heavenly Father hath not planted, shall be rooted up. This is why you've got to make a decision who you're going to follow. Who you're going to listen to. What music you're going you're gonna to sing, songs you're going you're gonna to purchase and, and on YouTube and sing. You know, I, I, I stay away from worship songs that don't say nothing about Jesus. You know, I listen to the lyrics, you know, and if they're not worshiping him, it, it, it ain't going in my library. Come on, it ain't going in my library if it's not about Jesus. All this stuff enters into us, it gets in our hearts, we take ownership of it, and before you know it, we start repeating it, we start sharing it, you know, and it defiles us because it's in our hearts now. 
that, that stuff, you know, you know, I get people send me stuff. Pat, have you heard this song right here? I go listen to it, man. It sounds like I'm listening to Teddy Pentagrass. God bless his soul of Luther Vandross that I was with. I'm like, man, that just tells me people into the beat. They're not into the lyrics. Come on, Pastor. You know, get you some of these scriptures and sing them. Come on. That it gets in your heart. And he goes on to say, if God didn't plant it, it's not going to do us any good anyway. It needs to be rooted up. It needs to be ripped out. It needs to be cast down. It needs to be thrown away. Look at verse 14. He said, let them alone. It's Jesus talking. All those who go about spreading the tradition of men, those hypocrites say one thing, but all about something else. Love to talk to people with itching ears. You know, want to hear what you got, what you want to hear. Yeah, and they ain't saying what you want to hear. You don't want to hear it. Actually get offended by it. And he said, let them alone, for they be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, folks shall fall into the ditch. I'm so glad I read that verse of scripture because I was trying to process some of them videos. Me and Pastor Harry sat here at the table and laughed about, you know, looking at some of that stuff, man. They calling it, you know, ministering to God's people, no scripture, just a bunch of show, showmanship, you know, a bunch of energy, loud noise, stomping on stuff, hitting on stuff, wasn't saying nothing, read no scripture, just talking, just, you know, off the cuff, all that charisma, loud noise, tinkling brass, sounding stomach, nothing of any stuff. And when I got off, uh, for the videos and just begin to think about it and I said Lord I pray and hope we never think to that level right there that we always keep the word of God before your people the commandments of God not the tradition of men and he said in order to do that just let them alone and you go to the word let them alone don't don't pattern nothing after them I said but Lord I got people out there that are, that are sending me stuff on my messenger sending me stuff on my page asking me to share it with people and I said, and I know some of these people, they proclaim to be Christians. Some of them are even a part of the ministry. He said, well, you tell them, let that stuff alone. Let them alone. You know, don't get caught up in the tradition of men that makes the glory of God with no effect versus God's commandments. He said, if my commandments are not enough for you, then you're already condemned. Let's go a little further here, verse 15. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. So this is this is coming across like a parable to Peter. I'm telling you, well, when God speaks sometimes, man, if, if if you know if you're not careful, man, you will miss what he's saying. And some people are afraid when they see the word parable. Even some pastors, even some leaders, even some men and women of God. But let me give you just a little simple uh, approach to a parable. A parable is nothing more than a heavenly message, okay, given in an earthly, like an earthly uh, description, you know. So it's an it's a earthly picture with a heavenly meaning. That's all a parable is. It's just an earthly picture, but it has a heavenly meaning. And you need to know the scripture to be able to find what that parable is saying to you. 
So let's go a little further and see what Peter was all, all concerned about. Verse 15 says, 16 says this, And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? You're supposed to be a follower of me, Peter. 17, verse 17. Do not ye yet understand? Whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought. Eight book, verse 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they are what defile a man. In other words, what he's saying, Peter, you are what you eat. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. You know, that's why I told you to feed my sheep. Give them something to eat. Give them some word. Give them some word. Word changes the heart. You know, and then let them hide that word in their heart that they sin not against me. Put it away in your heart because out of the mouth, out of the heart, you know, going to come the, the issues of life. You know, you know, and he was saying, in other words, their heart is far from me because it has not been, you know, the, the, the word has not changed their heart. You know, because only certain things can change your heart. You know, all this tradition cannot change your heart. You know, all these poems and philosophies and cannot change your heart. It'll change your mind, but it won't change your heart. Only the Word of God. Because when you look in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, King James Bible, it says that, that the Word of God is powerful, it's quick, it's sharp, and any two-edged sword, you know. Yeah, it cuts asunder between the dividing of soul and spirit. Bone and marrow gets all down there, man, in that heart. Yeah, matter of fact, I want to read exactly what that word does. You need, you need to hear this. You know, this is this right here is where the separation takes place. That, that word of God goes in and it cuts. You know, so let's look at it right here, verse twelve. Yeah, that's uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12 of the King James Bible. Listen to this. It says, For the word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing Asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and the marrow. Now, here's the part I want to get to. Is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. My God, you know, and so. You know, this is what the Lord is saying right here. You know, he's talking about that spiritual surgery that the word does to the heart of man. That's what God's word does. It speaks to us within our deepest part of our our being. 
because it, it embodies the character of God himself. You know, it's living, it's active, it's piercing, it's discerning. It is also sharp and it's two-edged, you know, you know, like a razor being sharp, like a surgeon's knife, you know. Because he's the chief physician and he takes that word and he does do surgery on the heart, you know. On one hand, it brings healing and life. Then on the other hand, you know, it brings faith. Then on the other hand, it pronounces some judgment for people. That's why sometimes it's a stumbling block for some. You know, and most times people just ignore it, you know. You know, it's dividing asunder of the soul and of the spirit, you know. In other words, that word penetrates. It, it penetrates, you know. And, and the way God's word penetrates, it's precise in its penetration. It don't miss what it's aiming at. It's very precise. It's very thorough, you know. The work it does in the inner being, in the inner man, you know. It discerns, it defines, you know. You know, it goes in there, it divides between things between the soul and the spirit. You know, that human spirit, you know, sometimes have to be divided from the spirit of God. You know, there 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 are spiritual dimensions in every being, in every life, in every soul. There are spiritual dimensions, there's depth, there's height, there's level that God wants that word to penetrate to. You know. And so that's what he's talking about. It runs deeper than your emotions. It runs deeper than your thoughts, your desires, your choices. What God's word does, it awakens something inside of you and then it strengthens you to be able to speak those things out of your mouth so that you might be able to do those things once they're spoken. It deals with the conflicts that, that you're struggling with, the, the things that you don't tell everybody about, things you try to keep to yourself and pray and hope it'll go away. God want to penetrate those things and deal with those things. Get rid of all that unbelief down in there. All that uncertainty. Because he wants to be able to use you. And so he's dealing with what defiles a man. And so many times we would rather go with this tradition of people because that's what we used to. That's comfortable for us. That's easy for us. Then allow the powerful quick word of God, the quick and powerful word of God to free us internally you know, we don't mind externally but when it gets to talking about really really changing some deep-rooted things in me <laughs> a lot of folks don't hang around long enough don't go to enough Bible studies don't show up at enough church service don't show up at enough you know where the word is being proclaimed and taught but the word to penetrate and change them and sometimes you get too close to home you get to tapping on some issues they got to they, they gotta separate from them or they got to act like it don't exist. Mm. They're going to do one or the other. And the Lord said, don't cover your sin. Don't hide your sin because I would expose you if you do. Everything done, let that word penetrate and free you. That you can be finally free is what the Lord is saying. He's talking to somebody this morning. Somebody this morning. The word already is penetrating. Somebody this morning. You are separating from your hypocrisy this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some leaders out there right now. I hope you're hearing this word this morning. I hope you're beginning to see the picture. I hope you're understanding the parable. I hope you're seeing the tradition of men clashing against the commandments of God. And you've got to choose. You're standing between the both of them right now. You're either going to choose 
Only what you do for the Lord is going to count. It's the only thing that's going to matter to fear God. Your whole duty is to fear God and keep his commandments. No more hypocrisy. No more tradition of men. Because if you're stuck in that place, the blind can only lead the blind. And so, let your eyes be open to the truth this morning. Amen. Okay, so let me read a couple more verses and we're going to transition and pray here. Again, I want to read verse 18. It says, But these things which proceed out of the mouth of a traditional person come forth from the heart and they defile the man. So if you don't have the word of God hidden in your heart, your heart has not been circumcised by God, by his word, that quick, powerful word. Look at the danger here in verse 19. He said, But out of the heart proceeded thoughts, murders, adultery, fornication, theft, false witnesses, blasphemies, in that dump that, 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 that God will not part. And verse 20 for my last verse. These are the things which defy a man. But to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. So practice all those out of works, all those things that traditionally we do and think that God is pleased. It's not by the works of righteousness. You know. But it's about keeping the whole law of God. Obeying his commandments. Please put your phone on mute. You know. And so that's what it comes down to. Amen. Let them alone though. If you're not going to deal with them with the word. And remind them of the word. Let them alone. You're not going to change them by arguing with them. Trying to twist them and convince them. Let them alone. He said, they are the blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, folks shall fall into the ditch. I hope somebody out there that's hearing this this morning that's following blind leaders will take heed to this word. You know, over in the book of Revelation, the 12th chapter, verse 9, this is what it says. The dragon, it says, the great and the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceived the whole world he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him look what's going to happen to those blind leaders you know, we know that they're being used by Satan. He's going to be cast out in the final analogy, and so will they. You know. And, 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 you know, yesterday we shared a scripture out of the book of 3 John, chapter 1, verse 2, the King James Bible, it said this. It said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, 
even as your soul prosper. Be very careful about who you let speak into your soul, speak into your life. The word of truth is the only thing that can save your soul. Okay, the book of Jeremiah, we use the scripture often. 29th chapter, verse 11, King James Bible. Some of you still turning pages on me. Please put your phone on mute. It's very distracting. He says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, <clears throat> to bring you to an expected end. And he goes on in the book of Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6, King James Bible. He said, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt no, be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God, the law of thy God, and I will also forget thy children. And so, you know, the book of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, King James Bible says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And so this all comes down to the problem we have today is a lack of effective leadership. It's a, a, a lack of effective leadership in the government and it's also in Christendom. You know, effective leadership. This was a quote from a, a guy named Peter Ducker. And this is what he said about effective leadership. I use this quote. He said, effective leadership is not about making speeches or being like. Leadership is defined by the results and not the attributes. You know, put your titles up, put your PhD, your seminary, the certificates, and get you some Holy Ghost that you can lead. And it says, you know, you know, according to uh, Andrew, a gentleman by the name of Andrew Cornish, he said this, he says, no man will make a great leader who wants to do it himself or get all the credit for doing it. That's not a good leader. Now listen to what Alexander the Great said. I thought this was very profound. And I'll end after this. These were people considered to be great leaders that I'm quoting. Andrew the Great, everybody know about him. I thought this was interesting. And it's in quote. It says, I am not afraid of an army of lions led by a sheep. I am afraid of an army of sheep led by a lion. I thought that was very profound. So we're going to end right there. Amen. We thank God uh, this morning. Uh, again, let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind.
And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall in the ditch. So we, we, we're, we're good. You know, Paul goes on to say in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 18 through 23, the King James Bible, he says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. But we know that the whole creation groaneth and prevaileth and pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. And that's a big S. Even, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. And I'll close with this. The book of Acts chapter 3 verse 19 to 21. The King James Bible says this. Repent ye therefore and be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ. Which before was preached unto you. Whom the heavens must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth by the mouth of all His holy prophets since the world began. God has not changed His message. We still have today the tradition of men clashing with the commandments of God. You know, but it is the tradition of men, the hypocrisy, you know, the deception. You know, they're adding a little bit of this with a little bit of that. You know, trying to get, you know, get people to like us, you know. You know, itching ears, telling them what they want to hear. Because we don't want to lose the membership. We don't want to lose the tithe. We don't want to lose the birthday present. We don't want to lose the anniversary gift. Come on, Pastor. And so the Lord is today saying, you know, beware, beware of the tradition of men that it made the good gospel of no effect. And remember my commandment to do them. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning, Lord God, for the word of God. We understand this morning, Lord God, that it is not what, you know, goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but it is what is in the heart that comes out of the heart. And, Lord, if we haven't hidden your word in our heart, Lord God, we will sin against you, and you only will we commit sin and do evil in your sight. So we thank and praise you this morning, Lord God. We just thank you for opening our eyes this morning. We thank you for speaking to us this morning. We thank you this morning, Lord God, for just allowing us to be able to understand the parable of, and have understanding of what it is that you are saying to us, Lord God. That, Father, you want us to be more concerned about the weightier matters of life and not this. The, the simple uh, instruction that you gave to love your mother, love your father. And so, Father, how can we major in the minor, in the, in the majors that we can, uh, we struggle in the minor issues of life, Lord God, concerning basic, basic 
instructions, oh God. And so, Father, we come this morning asking you to help us, to lead us, to guide us, to direct our path, to give us wisdom and give us understanding, to be able to discern between what is right and what is wrong, that we may be able to properly govern the affairs of our people, not only those who are under our leadership, but we as leaders, oh God, we want to be able, Lord God, to serve you, to honor you, to please you in all that we do and say, because God, you said anything else, we are hypocritical, we are, we are loaded down with hypocrisy, Lord God, we're murderers, Lord God, we're adulterers, we're fornicators, or we're liars, oh God, and so Father, we, we're manipulating and deceiving the people that we come any other way, Lord God, and so Father, we just thank and pray this morning for pure hearts and clean hands. As we handle the gospel this morning, as we handle your people this morning, as we, we as we teach them, as we preach before them, that Father not be about show or form, and not be about Lord God the, the flesh, Lord God, but it be about the character of the person that has been uh, shaped and formed, Lord God, with godly character and attributes, Lord God, pattern after you, imitated of Christ. Father, we just thank you for helping us this morning. We thank you, Father God. You went in your father's house once and cleaned the house, Lord God. And you said, my father's house shall be a house of purity, a house of power, a house of prayer, and a house of perfected praise, God. And Father, today, God, the doors are closed right now, but we still have those that are still trying to go in, Lord God, and do performances before the people, Lord God. They're still trying to go in and defile, God, the body, defile the sanctity, the holiness, God, the sacredness of your holy temple, Lord God. But we're praying, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh Lord God, that you send a wind of revival into these places and wash out all the self-agendas, all the pride, all the performance, all the show, Lord God. Wipe, wipe out every spirit, everything that you did not plant there. God, we call it down and out right now. Every stronghold be pulled down right now. Every tradition of my God, standard that have been raised up, God, we pray that it be replaced with the plumb line of your word in the name of Jesus, that the people will be sanctified by thy word because thy word is truth, God. We're praying for the preaching and teaching of sound doctrine, not tradition of men that have made your glorious gospel of no effect because it is blind leaders leading the blind, Lord God, that you said at least they lead them open to the ditch, Lord God, of no return. So, Father, we're praying that this cycle be broken as we begin to see the doors of the church opening again and the people are coming to assemble themselves together. We pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that they will hear the teaching and preaching of sound doctrine. They'll know the truth and the truth will make them free. This time around, Father, we're praying for change, God. We're praying in the name of Jesus that the gospel will be preached because it is the power of God and the salvation for all who shall believe it. But how can they believe it if they hear it? How can they hear it? except they be a preacher. We pray for the lost out there right now, that they be saved. We pray, God, for the backsliders, that they come back to you. We pray for the prodigal sons and daughters, that even right now they're making up their mind to return back to their first love. We're praying for the immature Christians, that they continue to desire the sincere milk of the word, that they may grow thereby, God, until they reach full maturity, and they can have the meat, the meat of the word. We're praying now for those who say that they're mature, because, Lord God, they've logged in more hours in, in ministry than anybody else. And so, Father, we pray that they not think of themselves more highly than they are. But we're praying right now that you will honor them, Lord God, even leaders out there right now that think they have arrived, think they have died and gone to heaven. God, we're praying for them right now in the name of Jesus, that they will honor themselves under the hand of Almighty God, for you to exalt them and do seek. And so, Father, it's not by the appointment of men, but it's by the calling of God. And so, Father, we give you praise going on right now. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, and we praise you. Thank you, Lord. Let your word go forth. Never come back forth. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We bind up that spirit of hypocrisy right now. We bind up that spirit of hypocrisy. <laughs> and we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right.